Chaf Dalid Iyar, Taf Shin Pei, coming to you live, yet again, from the home office of Ariel Tours in my apartment in Brooklyn, New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs> Opens things up with our coronavirus theme song. <laughs> That's what we do these days. We have a coronavirus theme song, and it's called Refa'inu Hashem. 
My name is Mayor Weingart, and welcome one and all. Welcome in to this week's edition of the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. We're happy to be with you. We're happy that we can be with you. We're here each and every Monday immediately following JMDAM, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Israel Time, and around the world, wherever you are, whatever time it is, that's the time we are on. You can listen now. You can listen later. You can listen on demand. You can tell all your friends and your neighbors and anybody else who you might think will enjoy this type of programming, please tell them that they could go to NahumSiegel.com, listen back to the archives by clicking on archives, and they can go to the NahumSiegel Network via the app, which is free, which is terrific, and you're always one click away from NahumSiegel Network programming, and there are archives there as well, so you can listen to us there, Facebook.com slash The Israel Show, Facebook.com slash The Israel Show, where we post Every week, a link to the show and links to the music that we played during the show. And we thank you for participating in all those different venues. Israel is going through a tremendous, unprecedented heat wave. When finally things are opening up and people are allowed to go out more, then then we have this. And God says, oh, not so quick. Anyway, so to all our listeners in Israel, we are with you. We hope and pray that you remain safe, both from Corona, which has dissipated in Israel almost next to nothing. Um, (laughs) Somebody wrote, there are more ministers in the government than there are people on respirators. Now now you know the curve is flattened. Um, I don't know if that statistic is true, but it was a joke. There are 34 ministers in the government new government that was formed. We'll talk about that. Yesterday was sworn in. And we'll also share with you um, a heart-wrenching interview, clips of an interview with Baruch Ben Yigal, the father of Amit Ben Yigal, who was killed by uh, an Arab terrorist as he was in uh, operational not an exercise. He was uh, in an operational, um, on a military operation in an Arab town to try and uh, get hold of uh, some terrorists. We'll tell you all about that. He was 21 years old. And we'll share with you, um, coming up, the interview that his, pieces of the interview that his father gave based on my calculations of when it was and so forth it was about four hours after he heard it and you will hear the the despair and and the anxiety and every other word that I you could drum up from a thesaurus of a father who just lost his only son for the fight against the Arab terrorists the Arabs who want to kill us all but before that we're going to uh, rejoice with the fact that we were past Lagba Omer. We're going to rejoice with the fact that in Israel, at least it seems, Corona is almost licked. And uh, we'll have Ari Goldwag, who lives in Israel, Lona Sikla Lirkod. We ain't going to stop dancing at all. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Goldwag, low nafsikler code, we shall not stop dancing. We will continue to be joyous and thankful for every moment of life that we are granted.
during these difficult times. And we wish a refuah to everybody. My name is Mayor Weingart, and you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you so much for making us a part of your life. Amit Ben Yigal was a 21-year-old soldier in Golani's commando unit, Sayeret Golani. Now, it's interesting. We, we don't realize, we don't know on how many nights, how many, many nights IDF soldiers, Tzahal Israeli army soldiers, are sent into Arab towns and villages to arrest terrorists. That's the way Israel is able to keep the terrorism level down. They use a lot of the shin bets, inside information that they get, and they go at night to a house, usually with a family, where there is a terrorist, either a member of the family or he's hiding out in this house, and they have to apprehend him, and they're obviously going to encounter a lot of resistance. Can't begin to imagine what they go through, these soldiers and how restrained and how restricted they are due to the uh, Israeli army's uh, regulations for opening fire. Well, an Arab murderer went on to the roof of this building when they saw the soldiers driving in, had a big boulder with him and waited for the opportune moment and threw the boulder down from the rooftop of the house onto the head of a soldier and killed him. Now, this is not new. This is only the second time the second soldier that's been killed, and that's too, too many, the first one we'll talk about in a moment was in April of 1998, so it's been two years. But you need to understand that there were many more cases where it didn't work, where the soldiers, because of the way the rock hit the helmet or, um, or the rock missed the specific point, the soldiers could have been killed, but were not. We're, we're spared, Baruch Hashem. The fact that we only hear about this case once in a, a few years, this situation where Arab murderers go on the roof and then throw a boulder or a, uh, a marble floor tile, any heavy object that could kill somebody when thrown down from a rooftop, we only hear about it once every couple of years, when when a tragedy happens, doesn't mean it's not going on. It is going on. It goes on on a continual basis, and unfortunately, nothing nothing's done about it. But 
let's leave that aside for now. Yigal ben Amit, Amit ben Yigal, excuse me, Amit ben Yigal, this 21-year-old soldier in the fighting unit Sayeret Golani, the commando unit of Golani, was killed. Before that, as I mentioned, April 5th, 1998, a member of the Duvdevan unit, similar to what you see on the uh, Netflix series Fauda, which is an Israeli series bought by Netflix, a unit similar to that, Duvdevan, are soldiers that uh, dress up as, um, they're able to, to put themselves into the Arab population without usually being uh, being uncovered. Ronen Lubarski was 20 years old on April 5th, 1998, when he was killed also by a murderer who threw a slab of marble down from a rooftop onto his head when he was in, in operational uh, work in, this one was in Ram- Ramallah. Excuse me. It turns out that um, Amit Ben Yigal, 21-year-old who was killed last week, is the only son to his father, Baruch Ben Yigal. His parents were married. He was born. Then, uh, then they got divorced. His mother remarried and had two other children, but the father did not. And so he was an only child to his father, not to his mother. As many of you know by now, if you've heard a little bit about this story, then you know that in the Israeli army, there is a rule that if you are an only son, you get to serve in the army behind the desk in a non-combat unit, in a non-combat job, because the army has compassion on a parent that if an only child is in a I'm not going to get through this. If an only child is in a fighting unit, and he gets killed, God forbid, then it is so devastating to a parent that the army rules and regulations say only children can only become part of a fighting unit, a combat unit, unit, if the parents sign a release. If the parent, or parents, in this case parent, gives their written consent. Now, that is, I, I can't even imagine what it means to the parent when the son says, I know I'm an only child, but I feel compelled to be in a combat unit. What a dedication. And so Amit Ben Yigal signed, um, asked his father to sign. And we're going to play some clips 
to give you an idea of what it feels like on the other side. The father, now having heard, I would say about four hours before this interview, and this comes from Israeli radio, Reshet Bet, it, they broke in, so to speak, in the middle of a uh, the morning show uh, with uh, Kamen Lipskind and Asaf Lieberman, very popular in Israel, and um, had the father on the line. And you could, uh, as I was listening to it, I, I you can't do anything but cry and, and be totally mesmerized and, and focused to what he's saying, you hear the cry in every word, even though he's not really crying. Oh, we have four clips here. I'm going to um, play them and then just review quickly in English what he said. The first one is the beginning of the interview, and he says, Ason, Ason, Ason al Nafal, which is interesting that he uses that expression. Right, a disaster has come upon me, but he says fell on my head, which is uh, a Hebrew uh, way of saying it. Nafal Roshi, and uh, I don't know if that just in his uh, in his subconscious somehow falling on his head when his only son was killed by a boulder falling on his head. He says Ben Yachid Shakadosh Baruch Hu Natanli. And this was not what we would consider uh, an, an observant person. I think he was a very, he is the father, a very, very traditional person. So he talks about the only son that God gave him. Talks about, well, let me play the clip and then I'll, I'll tell you. Um, this is Baruch Ben Yigal. אסון, אסון על ראשי נפל, אסון על ראשי נפל, הבן היחידי שלי, שקדוש ברוך הוא נתן לי אותו, לקח אותו היום בלילה, בפעילות מבצעית, חתמתי לו, חתמתי לו, אני, אני חתמתי לו את החתימה הארורה הזאת של, של, של בן יחיד, הוא בן יחיד, הוא ביקש סיירת גולני, התגייס לגולני, הלך לסיירת של גולני, הוא הלך, הוא הלך לסיירת של גולני, מה אני אגיד לך, באו בשש וחצי בבוקר, השני קצינים האלה, אני לא ידעתי מה, הוא חשבתי שהם טעו בדלת, אני אומר להם, מה אתם רוצים? התבלבלתי גם כן. ואמרו לי שהתעמית נפגע הלילה, ואמרתי לו, הוא פצוע, אומר לי, לא, תשב רגע, תשב. אמרתי לו, מה לשבת? למה לשבת? אני לא רוצה לשבת, תגיד לי מה קרה, תשב. תקשיבו טוב, אני נפל עליי אסון, נפל עליי אסון, 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 אסון. זה הבן היחידי שלי, אין לי שום דבר חוץ ממנו. כל כך קשה לי. אני אפילו לבכות לא יכול. אני עוד לא מעכל את האבדה, את האסון הגדול שפקד אותי. אני לא מעכל את זה. It says, כל כך קשה לי שאפילו לבכות אני לא יכול. It is so traumatic that I can't even cry. You hear him, you hear his voice, and right away, that, that was the beginning of the interview. Those were the first words, and... The first thing that he jumps to is, I signed. I, he asked me to sign the waiver to allow him to go into a combat union unit, and I signed for him. And I can only imagine the pain in his heart and, and his second-guessing himself 
maybe for the rest of his life, you know, why did I sign? He talks about how at 6.30 in the morning, two officers came to the door, and this is so much a part of Israeli life, unfortunately. Every parent's worst nightmare that um, they have soldiers who, um, officers who come to the door and have to give parents the most horrible news that their son has fallen. And he says, as so many have said before, when I saw that there are two officers at the door, I, I said, no, it can't be, it can't be. You probably came to the wrong house. Then he talks about how it came about that his son decided that he wants to be in this combat unit, unit Sayeret Golani. Many, many, many Israeli high school teenagers go to Eastern Europe to the gas chamber to visit the concentration camps and to learn about the Holocaust and understand the connection that there is with the State of Israel and how the State of Israel is there in part in hopes that another Holocaust couldn't happen. Of course, we know that anything can happen. But at least in, in the natural way of the world, Israel has an army, Israel has an air force, and God forbid anything like the Holocaust happens anywhere around the world, we know that the state of Israel is devoted to making sure it doesn't go on. So when he was in Poland, Amit Ben Yigal, he told his father, that he understood, I understood the meaning behind the flag of Israel. I understood the meaning of the anthem Hatikva, and I want you to sign because I want to do my proper full service to the best of my ability. And then the father says, Ataben Yechichali, you're my only child. You, you understand what this means. And the son answered him, Enli Eretz Acheret. Words from a song, but it's so deep it means, this is it. This is the only country we have. This is the only place that we can go, and I want to fight. And the father says, I told him, I told him how proud I was of him. Because for me, it's a signature to sign. For him, it's the dedication to fight. Here's the second segment, Baruch. Ben Yigal, just shortly after he hears of his son's murder, is part of the IDF. ואני החלטתי עכשיו בזה הרגע, אחרי שראיתי את מה המשמעות של דגל ישראל, מה המשמעות של התקווה, אני רוצה להיות בקרבי, ואני מבקש ממך שתחתום לי. אמרתי לו, עמית היקר שלי, אתה הבן יחיד שלי, תבין את המשמעות. אמר לי, אבא, אין לנו מדינה אחרת, אין לנו מדינה אחרת. הלכתי איתו ביחד, לתל השומר, חתמתי לו בתל השומר, חיבקתי אותו שם, אמרתי לו, שתדע שאני גאה בהחלטה שלך, אני רק חתמתי, אבל ההחלטה היא שלך. ההחלטה היא שלך, הוא, הוא, הוא גדל בבית מאוד ציוני, הוא אוהב, הוא, אוהב העמי, הוא אוהב את עם ישראל, אוהב את ארץ ישראל. אין לנו משהו אחר, אין לנו משהו אחר. אני שבור, 
אני שבור, אני שבור, אני מרוסק. I am shattered, he says, as he tells the story of how he went with his son to sign that release. What our brothers and sisters in Israel go through, we don't really, we don't really get it fully. And then he goes on and he says, Today I've been given a new title, a new description, one that is not one that he wants. Av Shakul, a bereaved father of a fallen soldier. That's like a big family in Israel. Relatives who lost a son, a brother, a sister. Horim Shikulim. אב שכול, אח שכול, words that outside of Israel we don't really, we can't grasp and comprehend to, to its fullest. Here's, a sec, here's this uh, short clip. כל בוקר אני מניח תפילים, אני מברך אותו. אני מברך אותו כל בוקר. כל בוקר אני מברך אותו. והנה פקד אותי האסון הזה. הנה פקד אותי האסון הזה, אני קיבלתי תואר מפוקפק מהיום, אני אב שכול. יש לי תואר חדש, ברוך בן יגאל, אב שכול. ברוך בן יגאל, אב שכול. He says every morning he put on tefillin, as we said, he's not, not a, uh, someone who, uh, I hate these, these designations of דתי, not דתי. He's definitely Misorati, and he talks about how he put on tefillin every morning and prayed and blessed his son. And in this last clip, he talks about I lost my only child, Likdushat Eretz Yisrael, for the holiness of of the land of Israel, maybe he meant for the holy land of Israel. I just felt as much as it pains me to share this interview with you because I, I really feel that it may be better not to ask parents who just lost a child. I don't know if the, I can't imagine that the father called Reshet Bet. I have to imagine that a producer at Reshet Bet called the father. And I would hope that in the future media would be more sensitive and let a father, I don't know, m- maybe it was better for him to have this time in a public way to air him, to air out his grief. He spoke about what time the funeral would be and asked people to come. He spoke about where they were sitting Shiva. Maybe it made him feel better. I don't know. But it's really heartbreaking as you sit and listen to it. We'll follow up this last clip with... uh, 
Yosef Karduneren, Vafilu Bahastara. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. שאף הורה ואף אימא לא תטעם את הטעם הזה. אף הורה לא יטעם, לא בן יחיד ולא לא בן יחיד. שאף אחד לא יטעם את הטעם הזה. הבשורה הזאת הרגה אותנו. הבשורה הזאת הרגה אותי. ואפילו בהסתרה, שבתוך ההסתרה, בוודאי גם שם נמצא השם. Shabbatara <laughs> בוודאי גם שם נמצא השם יתברך ואפילו בהסתרה שבתוך ההסתרה בוודאי גם שם נמצא השם יתברך
You're tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Mayor Weingarten. This is the Israel Show. Well, 404 days after the first of three elections, April 9th, 2019, and over 500 days since the beginning of the first campaign, well, I shouldn't even say that. 500 days since the previous Knesset voted itself out, Israel finally has a government. 404 days. There was enough political intrigue for two more seasons of House of Cards during that period of time. Now, what happened? We spoke about this previously, just a quick recap. Blue and White Party ran every time in all three elections. The Blue and White Party, headed by um, by Benny Gantz, Benjamin Gantz, both prime prime ministers, rotating prime ministers, first name are Benjamin. Benny Gantz stood at the head of an amalgam of parties. His party the party of Bogi Yalon, who was a former chief of the army, chief of staff of the army, and whose party, by the way, was also made up of a few different uh, segments, and Yair Lapid, who had, uh, of the three, he was the only one with real political experience in running in an election and so forth, the head of the Yeshatid party. And they ran together, and their basic platform was one thing. No Bibi. It was between to Bibi or not to Bibi, as we've said. We can't allow someone who has indictments, indictments that include bribery, we can't allow that person to be the head of government. Even though the law in Israel allows specifically for somebody under indictment to be prime minister because, and the law as it was discussed when it passed years ago, because they don't want to have a situation where the civil servants would be able to overthrow a government by indicting a prime minister on false charges. 
So the prime minister is given the opportunity to continue to rule, to continue to be the prime minister until he is found guilty, until all the appeals process and so forth are over. Might not sound great, but that's what it is. So the Blue and White Party tried three times, three times, to take down Prime Minister Netanyahu. And every time they came close, but not close enough. But at the same time, Netanyahu didn't come, was not able to achieve a, a large enough majority in coalition to rule. So they went to another election, and another election. And after the third election, people were Oiska elections. They've had it with elections. And nobody wanted another election. But Netanyahu had to find a way to continue to be prime minister because, in my opinion, he wants to continue to be prime minister during his trial. His trial begins next week, by the way. And so he set a trap for a rookie like Benny Gantz. As the coronavirus emergency began, he kept pumping out in the public the message that we need a unity government. It's an emergency. People are dying. Thousands of people could die. Tens of thousands of people can die. So we need to get together. This is not a time to be separate. This is not a time for political squabbles, blah, 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 blah. I believe he was not sincere in that message. I believe he wanted to coax Benny Gantz and his party to come and join him. And he just kept pumping. And he would get on the television and do interviews, which he never does. We've gone through this at length a few weeks ago. And in every interview, when he talked about corona, he always threw in, but I'm calling upon Benny Gantz to join me in an emergency, emergency. It's an emergency. We have to be together. And finally, Benny Gantz fell for it. His partners, Yair Lapid of, of, um, of Yeshatid and Bogi Yalon of Telem, they said to Benny Gantz, don't fall for it. He's just trying to get us to come into the coalition with him, trust us, we've been with him, we know how he operates, don't fall for it. But the public pressure was too much and Gantz was too much of a rookie and just couldn't stand up to the pressure and really thought and really believed that it's his duty. I, I think he was sincere that it was his duty to, to join the government and he announced a while back, a few weeks ago, that he's going to join the government. Immediately, his party, Kaholavan, split. It's gone. It's finished. <laughs> Netanyahu, one point for Netanyahu already, because Lapid and Yalon said, sorry, Charlie, we're not joining. We've been through this before. We ran on a platform of anyone but Bibi. We're not going to give it up. If we're to join a unity emergency government, then Benny Gantz should be the Prime Minister and not Netanyahu. Netanyahu can still be in the government somehow, even though the law says that a minister, regular minister can't, whatever, let's not get into all the weeds. The idea of joining in a unity government or an emergency unity government is that there will be a rotation. 
one prime minister serves for a year and a half, another prime another with the other one serves for another year. So Netanyahu serves for a year and a half, and then Gantz serves for a year and a half. So Gantz's partner said, "Be smart, be smart. If you're gonna go with Bibi, say." I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. The people need an emergency unity government, sure. But you can't be the head of it for the first year and a half. You have a trial coming in a couple of weeks. So I'll be the prime minister for the first year and a half while you straighten out your legal issues, and then you'll be prime minister. But of course, that Bibi had no, <laughs> was no, no way that was going to happen. And Gans gave in to that. And then once this was happening, the left, basically the former Labor Party, which is already gone for all intents and purposes, Amir Peretz and, um, and Shmuley, um, what's his, I can't remember his first name, um, they, well, they who swore up and down, Amir Peretz sh- shaved off his famous his famous mustache in order to make the statement that I will never sit with BB. Well, they went in too because it's an emergency. It's an emergency government. We have to deal with it. And then, of course, the fighting began and the negotiating began. And yesterday, this government was sworn in, a bloated government with 36 minis- 34 ministers ministries that were made up in order to give people jobs the ministry of higher education was taken out of the ministry of education in order that zev elkin should have a have a ministerial post um all all kinds of crazy split ups all kinds of new ministries were made up it's pretty sad but here's my observation at the end of all this the emergency government the urgent emergency brought on by the corona pandemic which needed all the parties to unite under bb was sworn in yesterday on the day that the emergency is basically over all the schools opened yesterday and almost all the stay-at-home restrictions are being removed during the course of this week What bigger proof do you need to what this really was other than quite a sham, if you ask me? Quite quite a political maneuver by the king of political maneuvers, Benjamin Netanyahu. Would I still like to see him prime minister over Benny Gantz, over Yair Lapid? Yes. It doesn't take away from the House of Cards dealings that were going on here. Um, on Israel's Independence Day, the U.S. Embassy had a very special presentation. It was presented online, of course, and um, it ended with a beautiful rendition of Hatikva by a gospel choir led by Pastor Chris Harris. I saw it. I loved it. I am going to post the link to it, and through that link, you can see the whole thing it was like an hour and a half. It's really cool. Uh, but I picked out the audio from this gospel version of Hatikva to share with you. This is uh, Pastor Chris Harris. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs> Thank you. 
If you love Israel, make some noise. Oh, I love that. Uh, you, if you, if you're interested, then um, you can go to uh, YouTube and do a search for Israel Embassy, Washington, Independence Day, seventy-three, something like that. I'm sure it'll come up. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network as we're getting close to the uh, wrapping up. I want to share with you an interesting thought that I heard many years ago and might come as a big surprise that I found it fascinating. Professor, I heard it from Professor Felix, Judah Felix, who was... Uh, professor at Bar-Ilan University, and his um, specialty was um, the plant world, the agricultural world, um, during the times of, uh, of the Bible, when the Jewish people were very agricultural people. And he brought through a, an idea. And I'll ask you this. Think, think if you own a retail store in Manhattan. The period between Thanksgiving and Christmas is the height of the height of your season. Could be that you make three quarters of your profit for the year during that period of time. It's a madhouse, and you bring all hands on deck. You hire extra people. You bring in your family to help out. This is the height of the height of the season. Well, if you would be making a wedding, you wouldn't do it during those few weeks, would you? First of all, you're busy as all heck. Secondly, your friends, at least those who are friends of yours from a professional uh, um, state, other people who have retail stores or are involved in supplying and so forth, they're also busy. It's like the last thing they want to do between Thanksgiving and Christmas, the height of the height of the of the season, is to to take out time to go to a wedding. Professor Felix said, it could very well be that not getting married between Pesach and Shavuot has a makor, a source, back going back even into biblical times, and that later on it became part of the Avelut, the morning of the morning period of the Omer. Don't forget the Omer until the end of Zman Bayit Sheni, you're talking about a few thousand years, it was a busy time. That is when we cut the wheat. Cutting the wheat was the busiest time of the year. All hands on deck. In fact, if you read Sefer Rut, you see that Boaz was in the fields a lot, and he slept sometimes in the field. What was Boaz doing in the field when Ruth came at night, sleeping in the field? Because he owned the big, big tracts of land, property. He hired people to cut the wheat, and he slept oftentimes in the field while this was going on. We see it in Tanakh and other places as well. I mean, you're not even home all the time. You're going to make a wedding? Is I, I found it fascinating. 
as an ancient source for not having weddings during that period of time. Very, very interesting. Okay, we're going to end off with um, Are we going to do that? Yeah, let's do that. Um, it also talks about the Geula and the rising of the sun, Kima Kima, Ka'ayelet HaShachar, and we say this in uh, in preparation for Yom Yerushalayim, which is Friday. I'll be joining Nachum on Zoom. You can listen on the Nachum Siegel Network app online at nachumsiegel.com or uh, on Facebook Live. I understand it's going to be on Facebook Live of the Nachum Siegel Network as well. We hope to see you then on Yom Yerushalayim. Before that, thanks so much for listening. Thank you for your Facebook likes and comments. Thanks to the staff of Nachum Siegel. My very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Coming up! Immediately following us, Yoni Pollock, with after further review covering the latest in the world of sports, and then Novak now with Jake Novak. He is really, really interesting uh, person in in the know of the news. I've been I've been following his Facebook page uh, since the last election when I got to know him, and uh, very fascinating person. You may want to take a listen to him as well and then the great monday music marathon until next monday until yom yishalayim and then next monday following jm and the aim this is mayor weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last they're just running in a different race חיפשתי את שאהבה נפשי וכאילו הכל נעלם ברחובות או ממדם אפשר להרגיש את זה אומרים זו גאולה, הנה הנה זה בא וכשהלב כמעט נשבר שרוע על אדמת נחר איילת השחר מפציעה כל דודי דופק הגיע כבר הזמן הנה הנה זה בא Zogeula <laughs> Ja
הלב כמעט נשבר, שרוע על אדמת נכר, איילת השחר מפציעה, כל דודי דופק, הגיע כבר הזמן, הנה הנה זה בא. Thank <laughs> you. 